0: Zwift has group rides for all levels. With a ride approximately every 30 minutes, you can join a group and ride that fits your schedule and your level. Group rides stay together behind a leader. They enjoy friendly banter, a relaxed vibe, a little bit of fun and some friendly racing. Just like rides in the real world, except there's no worries about a rear wheel puncher slowing the group down or being left behind. Check it out for yourself at Zwift.com today.
1: Bonjour, bonjour, bonjour and welcome to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast for your fortnightly appointment with the world of cycling and before we start uh, let me remind you yeah, you can uh, download or stream this podcast from our website sbs.com.au slash central or schedule a ride with our lovely friends at Zwift uh, and as a special little nugget today uh, and to start this podcast to start up on this podcast we have the pleasure to have I, I'm going to say cycling royalty now uh, because it's the uh, Commonwealth champion, it's Steele Hoff Hi, still.
2: Hello, how are you going?
1: Uh, I'm good. Is it, is, it, uh, is it good to introduce Nua uh, as, as cycling royalty now? I mean, you are a gold medal winner.
2: Oh, thank you very much. Uh, it's the first time I've heard that.
1: <laughs> but it, it's, um, it, I mean, such a wonderful uh, victory. How, how did it all unfold for you?
2: Um, so, well, I had a, a nasty accident coming into the Games just after I got announced. So, I didn't think that uh, it would go as well as it has. But, um on race day it just sort of all went in my favor. Um, we, uh, our team, the Australian team wasn't necessarily working for me at the the time. Um, but just as the race panned out, it was more and more likely that it was going to come down to a sprint. And then all of a sudden it it just turned and then everyone's like, right, okay, we're going to work for steel now. So all the boys did an absolutely amazing job to hold the race together and, um, Take it down to the line in a bunch kick, and then uh, my last man Cameron Meyer uh, went at one k to go and, and really lined things out. And uh, yeah, 150 meters to go, I popped out and did my sprint and uh, got to stick the hands in the air.
1: Yeah, and then there's a wonderful moment you uh, you probably have seen it on TV now. But uh, when Matthew Hammond, uh crossed the line, he punched the air as well for you. He was so pleased as a as a road captain that everything oh, worked out.
2: Fantastic. <laughs> yeah, he was a huge part of the race on Saturday. He, um so here's not even just the race, in the inspiration of my recovery from my injury with his, his uh paru broken uh, um, He um he managed to get back on the ergo and, and um and, and get there and I've uh replicated that by uh jumping on the, the Go Zwift trainer now and um doing all my training on, on the uh the Zwift and Getting fit again to be competitive in the games.
1: Yeah, I mean, this is exactly what we we should be talking about on on the Zwift Cycling Central podcast is is the fact that you pulled a Matthew Hammond. You had your injury. <laughs> uh, that's that yeah. could become a term now. You pulled a Matthew Hammond.
2: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's that's what I uh, I said in a tweet earlier on. Once I uh, when I originally broke my back, I uh, said, okay, now it's time to bring out the inner Matty Hammond and uh, try and get ready for the games. So. I knew the uh challenge was going to be great, um, but i was I was ready for it and um yeah thanks to all the technology if stuff will exist these days, it was an amazing thing to be able to jump on and and do my training in a safe environment where I wasn't in risk of hurting my injury even more to get ready for the games.
1: Yeah, and then how much this you think is going to change the way people look at you now in racing back in Europe? Because I know you're, you're on your way to Europe, and thank you for spending the time to, to talk to us as you are traveling for for Europe. But uh, How do you think uh, people will react to this, and are, are they going to change the way they uh, sort of watch you and look at you during the races, do you think?
2: Um, well, most of the competition know already from my previous results that I'm a, uh, a sprinter, so... Um, If if the race is a flat race, then I will be one of the guys that they would watch in the sprint. In terms of of this result now, for sure, more people will be knowing who I am and they uh, won't want me to come to the line with them if it's in a, a breakaway situation kind of thing or... Um, in a yeah, a bunch kick unless they've got uh, the fast guys that know that can be competitive against me.
1: Uh, I meant more in terms of your your level of recovery. You know your back, uh, you have oh, your recovery. Uh, how do you think? How do you think the guys now? They've got the signal. Your back.
2: Yeah, yeah. So uh, in the recovery of my back, I, I think they uh, they know now everything is okay. <laughs> so um, <laughs> it's it's a, a good place to be in because for a while I was a bit scared that um, that it, it wouldn't be okay, but um, as I proved on Saturday, uh, my back is fine now.
1: So, what's been the schedule for from for you since then? Because I mean, if we follow you on social media, you you've been to to get your new font on your medal. I think I've seen this on on Instagram. I believe. Uh, so, there's been there's been a uh, lots of different events, interviews. A lot of people want to talk to you about this.
2: Yeah, of course, of course. So. Um yeah, all my uh, my friends and family, and and all the the support that I've been getting, and everyone that is, like has come up to the Gold Coast to watch. They've been so excited for me, knowing the state that I was in seven weeks ago, and then to bounce back and and win this. My uh, my phone has been uh, going crazy with the amount of, of support from the people, and um, it's, it's definitely a good thing. And also, I've been doing many different media interviews and. Uh, and people are just really genuinely happy for, for my recovery and, and the result.
1: Have you seen this footage of a, a good mate of ours of the podcast, Pat Shaw, when he's punching the air while he's calling the your final meters? Yes. That's just raw friendship.
2: Of course. So Pat and myself are, are very good friends. Um, Pat Shaw is, is one of the main reasons why I was able to compete today. He, in 2011, was uh, my lead out for sprinting and... Um, he really put my name out there on the map, and he is one of the one of the reasons why I was able to get a professional contract over in Europe because um he is a, a fantastic teammate and a fantastic person and um yeah he's been a fa- a really good help to me along the way
1: yeah he's not in the podcast today, but uh he knows we love him you know <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: of course of course
1: <laughs> so what's the what's the what the program for you now
2: so next for me will be tour of Britannia up in uh in the west of france um and then i go to belgium and i will be based out of belgium for the next two months where i will compete a lot of uh, one day races in europe
1: okay well best of luck still thank you for uh, sparing the time i know it's uh, it's very precious for you now uh, but it's been a, an honor talking to you and an honor to have you in the Zwift cycling central podcast oh well, thank you very much so we take a short break and when we come back we'll have the full crew here in the studio we'll be back in a tick don't you dare go anywhere
0: The SBS podcast. It's sponsored by Zwift, the indoor cycling program that lets you ride courses from all across the globe, including your chance to ride on the course from the Richmond World Championships in 2015, where Peter Sagan won. See how you compare. Visit Zwift.com to learn how to join the digital peloton today.
1: And uh, welcome back to the Zwift Cycling Central podcast and uh, what a legend uh, Van Hoff is. Uh, joining me today in the podcast, we've got Sophie Smith. Hey Sophie.
3: Hello, thank you for having me.
1: Uh, we've got Wes, Wes Salzberger. Hey Wes. Thanks for yourself. I'm still struggling to say your family name. It's terrible. <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> and Matthew kinnon Kino. how are you?
0: Uh, I've got a big event coming up in around about six weeks, so I'm just going to go and walk across the road, trip over, fracture something, and then I should be fine to do a Matt Heyman.
1: Only if you're doing it on Drift. Of course. (laughs) Still Van Hoff. Legendary.
3: Absolutely. And not just because of his injury, but at the end of last year, I think even at the beginning of this year, he didn't have a team. He was considering going back to being a full-time Boilermaker, which is his uh, initial trade. So he didn't tell me this.
1: Oh. <laughs> full of surprises. The in- the That's why he me in here, isn't it? <laughs> because insider's not. <laughs> not just us.
3: <laughs> so, so pretty face. No, so for him, I think... I love that performance because it shows how much gumption he's got. I think all the hardship he's faced in the, in the last few months in, in the stress of not having a team, and then, of course, the the injury and doing him at Heyman, as, as we're saying, really sort of shows the difference uh, or the, the substance that makes a pro athlete.
0: Oh, it's a fairy tale story, but whereas I'm not sure whether you were watching it live, being in the commentary box and seeing it unfold in the last two kilometres, when he attacked with around about 1,500 metres to go, I thought he'd panicked. I thought he'd felt the pressure of being the protected rider for the sprint and that that was going to be the moment where he lost the race. Shane Archbold of New Zealand did the same thing. I thought he shouldn't have attacked at that point and should have saved himself for the sprint. But then having Cameron Meyer there to recompose him and do the lead out, it was an exceptional victory. Did you think, though, that he'd made a mess of it when he attacked at 1,500 to
4: go? That pressure there, obviously, was the nerves. And, yeah, for him to do that when when they were clearly... Um, as as Steele said before, they they were clearly riding for him when it come down to the end of the race. Um, But Cameron Meyer, you know, stepped it up there with a K to go, took charge and, you know, but Steele had still made that little mistake there, but obviously he had more than enough power in the legs to get over the top.
0: You're good when you can make that mistake and still win comfortably. It's a credit to his form. By contrast, in the women's race, Chloe Hosking was cool under pressure the whole way. She did not flinch. She had her strategy and she stuck to it. I was delighted for her to win and everybody loved her post-race interview. <laughs> Might well have been the highlight of the Commonwealth Games, perhaps behind Kurt Fernley.
1: Okay. Uh, what did you think of the track as well? Um, the velodrome? Yeah, the velodrome. The Anna Mears velodrome.
0: The Anna Mears velodrome. I love the part where Anna Mears didn't have the right accreditation to get into the <laughs> centre of the track. I think she's fine. From an Australian perspective... <laughs> did they ask
1: her for her
3: ID? I'm interested. <laughs> Here's my birth certificate. There's my name.
0: <laughs> The Australian team did brilliantly well, winning 10 gold medals. The big lesson out of it was for Matthew Glatzer, don't take anybody lightly. But then the way he bounced back and did a C-level world record in the kilo, I thought that was fantastic. Obviously, the team's pursuit was the highlight, breaking the world record. It's one thing to beat those in the Commonwealth, which aren't as strong as what we see at the World Championships or we see at the Olympic Games. But to break the world record, I mean, yeah. that's the benchmark. Yeah, that absolutely. was a highlight on the Balladrome.
1: Can we say Cycling Australia is doing a uh, their job? You know, we've been debating about uh, this new structure, the new way they are approaching uh, track and, and competition. Is this delivering?
0: It's a mid-term report. So far, so good.
1: Sophie, do you agree? I
3: think it's the first time I actually covered the Commonwealth Games for British press, so I've approached it entirely different this time round. But the consensus from oh, the the home nations as well was that Australia wanted to come out particularly on the track and make a make a statement, not just in terms of results, but also in this new structure that Simon Jones has brought in. And we spoke a lot about that Absolutely. last year, that perhaps the bureaucrats at Cycling Australia had undermined Simon Jones, the guy that they brought in to, you know, cause upheaval. This time they seem to have listened to him and he's broken a world record in the team pursuit that the Brits have kicked our backsides in for a long time now. So I agree. Midterm report, tick. Okay. Uh,
1: mountain bike. I think you wanted to talk about mountain bike.
0: Oh, how could you not? The men's mountain bike race. Look at, that,
3: look at the look on his face for everyone listening. Sam goes
0: at Anton Cooper. When Sam had that puncher with one lap to go, swings off into the pits. Anton then attacks because he had the South African with him, so they're fighting for the medals. Sam has the composure, though, to give him the one digit, throws him the bird as he's riding away, then closes down a gap of 30 seconds, stuffs it up the inside, at the last moment to get past him before the final descent and then wins the sprint comfortably. But for the next half hour, he's still got steam coming out of his ears and was fuming. And they were right in front of the commentary position before they went to walk down Media Street. And poor Ian Hemsel from the media department across at New Zealand Cycling was doing his best to try and calm Sam Gaze down. And he was, as good as he is at his job, Ian... He was unsuccessful, <laughs> and we were
4: delighted.
3: Have you ever done that, Wes, given someone a digit in a cycling race?
4: Uh, well, I don't think I have. I, no. I've, I've thrown a few hooks. But... What about your brother on the race to school? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, probably probably a few times there. Yeah. I, I think a hook is them. more yep. impressive,
3: actually. Who yep. was the end of that? <laughs> yeah, Bernie, Bernie was
4: quite good on the bike. I never really could take him down. But um, we had Gossie who also lived down the road from us. So... Oh, don't mess with Gossie. No, it was good to start with because he didn't know what he was doing, so I knocked him off a few times early, but he got me back. Yeah.
1: yeah. <laughs> uh, just coming back to uh, Steve Van Hoff, I mean, you guys at Zwift, you've uh, been part of that success. Mm. And we said in, in the interview, he's, he's pulling a, a, a Matthew Heyman. Uh, is that becoming a saying? And also, how much data did you have on him before? And you knew he was on form.
4: Oh, yeah, well, still, still is an incredible athlete, but to to have the mentality to to not give up, and you know, he knew the Heyman story, so you know that that was already already preset in his head that he could come back from this. So all credit to him, though, like he he actually you know drove himself forward and, and was and put in the training, you know, and using using Zwift as a as a way. You know, to make it interesting for him as well. Uh, riding indoors is certainly not as enjoyable without Zwift. So, um, us being being that platform there for for him to uh, you know to use, utilize, and, and and you know, we saw the results. What came out of that?
1: Yeah, must be pretty happy at the Zwift HQ. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, let's move on to uh, Paris Roubaix, the queen of the classics. Uh, Sagan. I mean, we were expecting him, and he delivered. Pretty much.
0: You know what? I didn't expect. I didn't expect the world champion. In the rainbow jersey, with a beacon on his back, (laughs) rolling off the front with 50 kilometres to go, and the entire peloton look at each other... And not respond instantaneously, Wes. How does it happen?
3: They didn't even look around, did they? They no, kind of just went. No, oh, well, yeah. oh, whatever. And then,
2: <laughs> on behalf
4: of the professional peloton, <laughs> Wes, you've got some explaining to do. Go. And especially after Flanders and Sam Rima, it all slipped through. You know, he hadn't quite got it. And then to be just just to go off the front solo like that with fifty five k to go and no one respond. That's just I don't know what what was going through their minds really. No one got together. It was just like he's gone. And that was it.
1: Especially but, quick step.
4: Like, oh, I tell you cool. what I tell you what was good about it, Sophie. Made
0: our headlines easy to write. Did yeah.
3: <laughs> I wonder what I wanna know what Tom Boonen did like straight after <laughs> he
2: got away.
4: <laughs> yeah, the, the wolf pack crumbled, Crystal. Absolutely. I, like.
2: yeah.
1: uh, but uh we have to talk about uh, as well of course the, the death of Michael Gullert. It's tragic, tragic, tragic.
0: That's the only word for it. Imagine being Michael's parents. So you send your twenty three year old son off to the biggest day in his career. He's in Peak physical condition, one of the fittest athletes on the planet, and he has a crash and he dies of cardiac arrest and doesn't come home. It is incomprehensible.
1: But there's a big debate on did he have the cardiac arrest before and that caused the crash. That's, that's what the, the question is.
0: Well, I'm not sure. But I also saw an incredibly tragic stat coming out of pro cycling stats, and it was in the four- or five-year period since they've been up and running. There's been somewhere in the vicinity of 40-plus cyclists that have died. Some from cardiac arrest, some from race accidents, some from being hit out on the road, out training. They're horrible
1: numbers. And and the reverberation into the peloton must have been just terrible.
0: Yeah, it would have been. And as you know, I'm an ambassador for the Baker Institute, which Mm -hmm. does a lot of research into reducing the amount of deaths through cardiac disease, heart attack, and so on. And one of the staggering stats out of that is that around about 45,000 Australians die each year of cardiac disease or heart attack. That's one every 12 minutes. And there's plenty of them they are actually young and fit and healthy with an unexplained heart attack, and we don't know why. And seeing a death like this is just earth-shattering. It shows you how vulnerable you are. Because all of us here, we think we lead a pretty healthy lifestyle, exercise, eat well, etc. And you see that happen, you just think sometimes your numbers are horrible.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We have to move on. It's always a hard Amstel gold race. Astana, pretty impressive as well.
0: Yeah, they were, and Michael Valgren, he's been really good 2018. He's gone to that next level. The way he managed to win it, and Roman Kreuzinger with him, he would have been pretty happy having Roman Kreuzinger with him because as strong as Kreuzinger is, can't sprint. And then you've gotten that next group behind, guys like Valverde and Sagan are real in contact. You want to get away from them pretty quickly. And again, tactically, it was a brilliant move. They went at the right time and got away with you know, some time to spare before they lined up for the sprint.
1: Do you still, that's not your favorite race, isn't it? You, no. ma, you mentioned it's not your favorite. Classics. No, 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 yeah.
0: it's not. Uh, there's other races that I love and I like the Amstel Gold race. Yeah. So it can come over for dinner, but I'm not taking it <laughs> home to meet mum and dad. Do you the know others, thought, I'm in love with. <laughs> it's a Tinder
1: day. <laughs> it's a swap right or swap left or whatever. <laughs> like I thought of you watching it going, yeah, okay, I, I get your point. I get yeah. your point.
0: The women's race was yeah, brilliant. absolutely. I found the women's race sensational to watch. Amanda Spratt, I felt like she was racing for a podium. And it's her first World Tour race on the podium, one of those big one-day classics. And I understand why she was racing for the podium. So she
1: wasn't racing for the win. When she went early, you think she was just securing, or just, inverted comma, securing a place on the podium. No, not for the win.
0: Did you see it Sophie?
3: I would say I would agree because I know she put a lot of focus. She didn't go to the Commonwealth Games purely to focus on on the Ardennes and getting a result. And I think she's still at a formative stage of her career when it comes to the Ardennes. So I would without having spoken to her or spoken to anyone on the team, I would agree.
0: I she didn't want to run the risk of being caught in pursuit of victory and then potentially come fourth or fifth. So now that she's got that podium place under her belt in one of those Ardennes, that's Flesh will on Wednesday night and then Sunday's Liège, best on Liège, race to win, don't race for a place. You've Good got momentum the, after that. Yeah, you've got the podium, put that away. Now, risk finishing seventh, like Simon Gerrans has done in the past. The way Simon Gerrans won that Milan San Remo was he risked being caught by the group with Degen and Kolb and Sagan because he didn't want to finish second and he didn't want to finish third. He right. wanted to win. Yeah. And he was off the front with Cancellara. So he took that big risk. Now Amanda needs to take that risk okay. and go to the next level. Uh
1: if we come back to the Roubaix, should we have a woman's pyrobe? Yes. I think that's a definite answer. What do you think, Sophie? Why not? Yeah. And what?
4: Yeah, absolutely.
1: So what stopped them to have a pyrobe a French or like a You tell is, us is, is that the French? Is that you the French? Tell us. <laughs> Stop asking questions, Mr. <laughs> 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 I want to form an opinion. It's I don't know.
0: <laughs> economics. If yes. ASO thought it was profitable, if they thought they could make money out of a women's race, there would be a women's race on. It's got nothing to do whether they believe the women are able to cope with the cobblestones or not, because they can. You go and watch mountain bikes downhill, and the women go down there at ridiculous speeds. It's nothing to do with gender. It's about whether they can make it economically viable. So there's no,
1: no link with the fact that the race is more dangerous than any others, and then if there's a big crash, you can decimate half of the peloton.
0: Nothing to do with it. Because mm-hmm. you know what? If a guy falls off, he's going to break bones too. So why is a broken bone for a male any different to a broken bone for a female? It's not.
1: Mm-hmm. So maybe in a few years we'll see a, a female Pyrobe.
0: I hope so. And I want Gracie Elvin to win it.
1: There you go. I'll take
4: notes. <laughs> and off, did you see uh, also with um, Amstel Gold of um, the boss from Patrick from Quick Step about the motorbikes as well? No. I was just saying that the motorbikes were deciding races and wasn't too happy about that and just put a formal complaint in with the UCI.
0: Well, if we could get those motorbikes out to the second group in the handicap at the Northern Combine, that would be really handy. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but what's the solution? Do they have to have drones to film the race? You know, is, that, is, that, is the new technology uh, going to help removing maybe those motorbikes from the... From the-
4: Maybe the in, the, in the future it will be, so, be something like that. Or we'll or, all or, or be just in the comfort of our home riding on Zwift. <laughs> no one needs to see a bike race. <laughs> yeah, the, then the sport will really collapse. No yeah. media coverage,
0: no money for the riders, no sponsors <laughs> interested. Patrick? Get on board. Yeah,
4: absolutely.
3: I'm, <laughs> throw some coins at the side of, you know from the side of the road. Busking, there you go. <laughs> <bike> racing, <busking>. <laughs> Baguette.
1: <laughs> uh, let's talk about the future. We've got flesh wallen coming up. Lies Banchton of course. Uh, a few men are on form, uh Flesh Wallen first. The Flesh
0: de Valverde. Yeah,
1: exactly. Flesh de Valverde. Do we all agree? Uh-huh. Yeah, uh huh. He's throwing it to lose, really.
0: Yeah. But you know what if he finally gets beaten? Yeah, what's he won it? Five times now? He's mm. unbelievable on that race. He's gonna be so hard to beat.
1: Yeah, who's hot at the minute? We know Ala Philippe is pretty hot. Uh he's done it at uh, I mean he did display a very good uh form at the Amsterdam gold race. Uh can he be the one can he be the, the one that maybe trip Valderde?
0: His priority will be Sunday, but where's you're in a better position to tell us for the guys that are the big favourites on Sunday at liege based on the age, how much do they commit to
4: Wednesday at Flesh Alone? They yeah, definitely won't be committing full um, you know, because Go, yeah you you can't do both and that, that's what it comes down to you can't do both i mean yeah you, you have valverde someone like that could do both but the other guys that are under that and you know they really have to focus on on what they what they want to choose out of out of those two races definitely
0: which makes flesh alone a little harder to pick beyond alejandro little, valverde
4: yeah yeah that that's that's what i mean with that yeah because he he can do he could do both easily, but uh, he's the exception. He's to the exception rule. Yeah, he's to that like, rule. Yeah, he's like every, everyone else has really got to, you've got to. Pick. I mean, the age best on the age is probably the one the hardest one day race that I've ever raced. I, I've raced it three times and I only finished it once. So it's it. Why
3: is that? Well, yeah, why, I mean, why? Why is it the hardest race? <laughs> no, why? Yeah. Why didn't you oh, finish? Yeah. So I, I was helping it's the because
4: team. Because he didn't have Zuff. He didn't have Zuff at the time.
3: Yeah, yeah no, Zuff Zwift, no. Zwift wasn't around then. But no, <laughs> why, is it, um, why is it the hardest race? Because he was underperforming, Come Sophie. <laughs> yeah.
4: Come on. No, it, it's, it's one of the hardest races. Uh, you know, mentally, you can't switch off all day. Um, it's, uh, Amstel's a little bit like that as well, but this is just even even more so. Um, it just It's relentless, that course as well. It just does not let up. And yeah, I just found it, it yeah, excruciating on the legs all day. The pace is really high. Even when the brake goes, it feels like the brake hasn't gone. It's the pace is just on the, all the time.
0: TV does not do the age best on the age justice mm-hmm. because of all the things that Wes just explained. If the Peloton's doing 40K or 50K or... 30k. doesn't actually look any different on the telly mm-hmm. and as you all know mountains don't look as steep as what they are in reality mm-hmm. on the TV. It is a brutal race and you look at the guys that are in that front group at the end, they're all generally people that are capable normally of riding towards a top 10 in a grand tour yeah, as well. Exactly. Most of them, not all of them yeah. but most of them and the group just gets smaller as the race goes on and everybody's on their hands and knees by the end.
4: Yeah, it's a strange race, like you say, that like it, it is the, the GC Grand Tour riders that are left, um, and you know, effectively on paper, and that you look at the race and you don't think it you know, it shouldn't it shouldn't be that hard, but it definitely well, it
0: definitely is. To give you an example, let's talk about the favourites. Mm-hmm. Valverde's a favourite. Mm-hmm. Nibali's a favourite. Bardet is a contender. Yeah, Bardet
4: as well. Yeah,
1: Gilbert.
0: Gilbert is a contender. Absolutely. Uh, Dumoulin I assume that he's riding just taking a quick look through the start list mm-hmm. you've got Mikael Lander there from Movistar as well from the Australian perspective I'm looking forward to seeing how Jack Haig goes mm-hmm. who's a future guy for the top 10 at a Grand Tour Chris Hamilton will also be riding with Sunweb so we're talking about guys we expect to see in the high mountains as yeah. a general rule of thumb
4: yeah and Jack Haig should be in pretty good form so I spoke with Simon Clark last week and he's been doing a fair bit of training up in Andorra in the mountains so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how Jack goes yeah, he's got a great attitude, Jack. Hague.
1: Okay, well, everything is going to be on uh, SBS anyway. so uh, That's that, all that matters. That's all that matters to me, actually. <laughs> <laughs> well, <I'll see. laughs> Any other business we want to talk about?
3: Two of the Alps is on at the moment, yeah. apart from Chris Froome cracking it at everyone and saying, stop asking me about my case, which is pretty cool. <laughs> which um, we said
1: we're not going to talk about his case today. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to talk about it. I'm getting there. Stop
3: interrupting me. And it's done a sort of, kind of going well across the board this year. Mm-hmm. Um, is Ben O'Connor, who was in oh, the top yes. ten overnight, mm. which fantastic yeah, ride, young Aussies in a in a top ten that included Froome and Lopez and.
0: Mm. He was only twenty. All your
3: other sort of, you know, notables.
0: Twenty three, twenty four seconds off the pace. Yeah, he's was... twenty two years of age. Yeah, he good. shaves his face maybe once a fortnight.
4: <laughs> <laughs> he's still got plenty of room to yeah. mature physically. Yeah, <laughs> he's exciting. Yeah, so I, I come through an a team yeah. with, uh, with Ben actually. Um, so give us some insights. Yeah, so Ben uh, you know, come from a long distance running background, and uh, he picked up. Cycling as a as a alternative for an injury, uh, and then he switched over cycling full full time, uh, and then so I was with him as part of saddlest, uh, the WA based team. He's from Western Australia, and then uh, after that he raced with us. We did Qinghai Lake, and. He said, I'm going there, I'm riding GC. And Qinghai Lake is like the Asian Grand Tour. It's two two weeks long. And, and everything's and at 3,000 metres. We raced over one pass, it was 5,200 metres. Oh, like yuck. It was ridiculous. Anyway, he's gone in and said, oh, okay, I'm going to race GC. I said, okay, mate, no worries, I'll, I'll help you. I'll, <laughs> Good <I'll>, luck <laughs> with your projects. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't talk him out of it. I, I didn't want to shut him down. And he went in there and it was only on one of the stages he lost. I tried to move him up. It was across across one of the lakes up there at Qinghai Lake and Coming around the lake, was major crosswinds. The Italians put, put it in the gutter, and um, he was too far back. I was trying to move him up. He lost time there, but if he hadn't lost time on that stage, the rest of the stages, he was finishing right with the climbers, like on the top of these mountain passes. He would have finished about, we worked it out, if he didn't lose that, he would have finished eighth overall in the tour. He was 19 at the time, I think. Yeah, 19. So that's when I said to... Awesome. I, hey, got I on have the been f- shaving then.
2: <laughs> at <laughs> all. No. an
0: annual f- affair.
4: I got on the phone to Andrew Christie Johnson and said, this kid has got something. Um, yeah, make sure you take him on. He went to Canberra Tour after that and backed it up and uh, won a stage there and finished second in that tour. Uh, so, yeah, and then he's gone from leaps and bounds from there. So yeah, yeah. It's, it's great to he's see really him doing awesome. He is really re- exciting. really exciting for a young talent coming through Australia. Yeah. And um,
0: James Whelan winning the Tour of Flanders. We didn't mention that, the under-23 yeah. Tour of Flanders. Mm-hmm. And then there and then- was Rob Stannard was third and Cyrus Monk was tenth. Yeah. The same pattern as Quick Step. In the elite and, tour of Flanders,
4: and now Whelan will have to do another Zwift effect. I think he broke his arm after yeah. that in the following race. So. Yeah,
0: he did. So, his first ever race in Europe mm-hmm. was the Under 23 tour of Flanders.
4: Yeah. He's been racing bikes for about two years. Anyone. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty impressive. Like That's <laughs> that's not a, not an easy the race. the deep end, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> that is the deep yeah. end.
3: <laughs> be asking for a bonus after that one.
4: <laughs> Fantastic. One more thing, yeah. Christoph, as well. So we, we kicked off the ANZ of um, course, yeah. tour for Zwift. Uh, so we had that in Auckland last Friday. Uh, and this Friday we have uh, coming up in Melbourne at the Rafa Clubhouse.
1: Is there still uh, some tickets available? Yes, yeah, free they're, of charge. Gone, but, yeah, uh, it's
4: free of charge. So you can sign up on Eventbrite. So if you want to go to W www.zwift.com slash tour uh, you can find the links there to go through on Vent Bright and register um, we're at a good number now we're well up over 200 so okay, cool. still a few tickets left so if you want to jump in then uh,
1: please come along should be good I'll be there as well Thank you. That's cool. Thanks. Thank you, Sophie, for coming. Thank you. Thank you, Kino. My pleasure. And thank you, Wes. See you on Friday. Cheers. This is it for the podcast today. Uh, Let me remind you that you can uh, download or stream this podcast on sbs.com.au slash cyclingcentral. That's our website, of course. Or you can schedule a ride with our friends at Zwift. So until we meet again next time in a fortnight, ride safe and we'll see you in the next episode. Bye for now.